Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Re'ei Chamishi, the fifth Aliyah in Parshas Re'ei. This Aliyah is on the importance of tithing, giving Ma'aser. And our Aliyah is only eight psokim long and runs from Perik Yudalad Chofbez to Chof Tes. It's fascinating to notice that this is the Aliyah which is usually used as the Kriya Satara um, on second day Yom Tov. And we're going to be seeing this um, in Chutzarets. This is going to be true of the next two Aliyahs following this as well. Um, so basic summary, and then we're going to look at some points to ponder. We're told first about uh, that Moshe tells B'nai Israel that they need to tithe their produce, which means takes out, take out a tenth of it from what comes out of the field every year, and they are to take this and eat it in front of Hashem in the place that he chooses, which obviously refers to Yerushalayim. Um, and this means your firstborns, your tithes, and in order that you fear Hashem all days, but when the place is very far away, let's say you live, you know, the far reaches of Israel, you can exchange it onto money and bring that money to the place of Hashem and use the money there for food items to, uh, and distribute it there. But you must not neglect the Levi, the Levite. Finally, we hear about the next section, the Aliyah, which is what's called Ma'aser Oni. At the, at the end of three years, when you take out your Ma'asers and your, produ- uh, your, your, your tithes and your produce from your house, you should place it by your gates and the Levi and the, the convert, the orphan, the widows, all come and enjoy it and Hashem will bless you with all the works of your hand. So this, uh, this Aliyah is very important to understand what's basically going on over here. And that is is um, is the following. So what, what are we talking about? The first thing we talk about is what's called Ma'aser Sheni. What is Ma'aser Sheni, the second tithe? So the way it works is that let's say you're a farmer in the land of Israel. First thing you do is you take out what's called Truma Gedola. Let's say you, you, what is, you, 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 uh, you harvest the field, you put it into bundles, you bring it back into your house or to the granary, at which point in time it's now called Tevel, it's untithed produce, and you cannot eat it. It's not allowed to be eaten until you do the following uh, the following actions. First you give Truma which is a, a small section, which is um, 1 in 50 to, t- uh, to 2% to the Kohen. Then after, uh, there afterwards you give a tithe, which is 10% to the, le- the Levi, the more Levi, and then the Kohanim. And then after that we have Ma'aser Sheni, the second tithe. Above the first tenth, you take out another t- 10%. Okay, so it's, it's almost like taxes. If you can imagine the, the tax return over here, you take out the next 10%. And what Aralia is describing is that it's not going to somebody. It's actually you're going to benefit from yourself, but you take that fruit and you consume it in Yerushalayim. If you can't get to Yerushalayim yourself um, where, while it's still fresh, you exchange it upon money, you use the food, and you take that money, which is Ma'aser Sheni money, and then con- use that money in Yerushalayim. Okay, that's what's called Ma'aser Sheni. The second part of the Aliyah seems to be dealing with a different Ma'aser, which is called Ma'aser Oni, which is the poor, the poor tithe. Now, how do the two work together? So it seems, as Rashi explains, that Ma'aser Sheni is, um, is uh, that second tithe, which you eat in Yerushalayim, is in motion on the first, second, fourth, and fifth year of the Shemitah cycle. But on the third and sixth year, Instead of Ma'aser Sheni, you have Ma'aser Oni. That second tenth goes to the poor people. Rashi explains that's why it's describing the second of the Aliyah, giving it to those who need it. It could also be, as Rashi points out, that the third year is what's called the year of Bi'ur Maestros, which is called back taxes. Let's say a person did not give all of the amount of produce necessary in the first two years, then they go to their house, they make an evaluation, and they make a proclamation that they've emptied all the Maaser they owed in their house, and they put it by their gate, and anybody who is owed it will eat it, whether it be the Levium or the poor people, whoever is of need at which point in time. That explains the structure of our Aliyah. Now, um, why is this section actually here in the Torah? Rashi explains that the image of the that the end of the last aliyah was You're not allowed to cook a goat in its mother's milk, which we know is the prohibition of milk and meat. However, more than that, actually, is sort of the image of Hashem. If you do not give your ma'asras, Hakadosh Baruch Hu will, so to speak, cook the grain 
um, the unripened grain in its womb, so to speak, before it is ready to go out, and it will be a punishment. So this is, so to speak, seen as a warning, which now leads us to the flip side. The first two words is aliyah, aser ta aser. You should surely tie. That's the way that's usually translated. Why is that word repeated? So Gemara and Shabbos, multiple Gemara's describe this. Gemara and Shabbos on Kufiyot Tesem Aleph tells us how is it that there's that people who are rich in Israel have the zechus, the merit of being rich, and it says because they tithed. Meaning that we're supposed to read the pasuk as saying aser bishvil shetisasher. You should tithe in order that you get rich. So it's a play on words. Aser means a tithe, a tenth, from the word eser, but it also means ashirut, which means wealth. Um, so you should do the one for the other. The Gemara in Tanis on Dav Testament Aleph says, wait a second, you're supposed to be testing Hashem. The, Gemara, the Torah tells us, Hashem. don't test God. So how can we be testing Hashem? It sounds like you should do this in order to do that. So the, the, the Gemara says, yes, in fact, this is one of the very few examples where Hashem says, you may test me. And this is based on the Pesukim in the, at the end of Malachi, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you can test me in this. And that is, if you give me tzedakah, if you give me the correct amount that you're supposed to be giving, you will be a, a guarantee that you will get riches. That's what the Torah is saying over here, and that's to be learned from our Aliyah. And finally, just two last very basic questions. Why is the Levi mentioned at the end of the Ma'aser Sheni section? You should not forget the Levi. Rashi says, because if you're giving Ma'aser Sheni, you might say, well, I'm giving this whole tenth, or this, uh, this whole tithe. Why do I need to give the Ma'aser Rishon, the first tithe, to the Levi? No, 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 don't forget him. You need to give to him, and you need to give to yourself. Finally, last uh, holistic question on the Saliyah, and that is, we can understand Ma'aser only. I understand why in the third and sixth year, you give the second tenth to those in need. It's a tax for the poor. But it's like sort of welfare to a certain degree. But at the end of the day, why is it that Maestro Shani is so necessary? Why for year one and two and four and five do you have to take your own food and eat in Yerushalayim? So the Nitziv, Rav Natali Tzir of Berlin, points out that the Pasuk explains, it says, Laman Talamed, in order you should learn, So you should fear God all your days. Why is that? Because t- technically speaking, if you have the tithe, the tithe of all your produce, the second tithe, that's 10% of all your produce, and you can imagine you're a farmer, you have you know, vast amounts of acres of land, so you're not going to be able to eat all of that in the Yerushalayim at the times you just come up for, for Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkos. It's just not going to be enough time. So you're going to have to extend your stay to be able to eat and consume all that food or use all that money, right? So that being the case, you're going to have to be in Yerushalayim for the off times, the times when not all the crowds are there. You're not going to just be there for the social scenes and all the, you know, the Simchas Beis and all the events going on for the kids. You're going to actually spend time in Yerushalayim proper which means to say you're going to have your recalibration in Yerushalayim. And it also points out you'll also be helping the local economy and investing in the Torah learning in Yerushalayim. So this is a symbiotic relationship which, ref- which actually, so to speak, forces a person to be in a location which rectifies their scales. That's what Maaseh Shani is all about. That's what the Pesukim say. With this, we conclude the Fazalia. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.